Welcome to the Money Pilot Financial Advisor Podcast, where you team up with Money Pilot founder, former Army helicopter pilot, and your host, Katie Cannon, to put your money where your heart is. Together, we'll tackle issues big and small so you can take charge and land your financial life. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Back in episode 41, we talked about inflation basics. Lately, there's been signs that inflation may pick up again. So today, we'll talk some more about what inflation is, who has the mission to control inflation, what we can expect, and some ideas on how it might affect you. So put simply, inflation makes things you buy cost more. That is, the price for goods inflate or get more expensive. Another way to look at it is that $1 after inflation is worth less. It has less buying power. Inflation is usually quoted as a percent per year, and it is figured out on our country's economy in general not just specific items that you might buy. On a national scale, if a basket of goods cost $100 now, after 5% inflation, that same basket of goods would cost $105. Now the Federal Reserve, often called the Fed, is the central bank for the United States. It was created by Congress in 1913 to provide the nation with a safer, flexible, and stable money and financial system. A key mission of the Fed is to foster both maximum employment in the U.S. and maintain price stability. The Fed interprets maintaining price stability as keeping inflation growing at about 2% a year over the long term. This can be a tricky balancing act. A roaring economy demands a lot of labor, helpful in reaching maximum U.S. employment. But it also means Americans have more money in their pockets to spend and companies are demanding more goods for production. Higher demand can drive up prices, leading to higher inflation. If the Fed thinks inflation will rise above 2%, they may tap the brakes on the flow of money to try and slow the economy a bit and keep inflation in check. On the other hand, if high unemployment is a worry, they may open the spigot on the country's money supply a bit to fuel the economy and get more people back to work. If the Fed had a crystal ball, their job would be easy. But there are a lot of things that affect employment and inflation, and the money supply is a big player, but not the only one. Okay, so far we've covered what inflation is and whose job it is to try and control it. What can we expect now as far as inflation is concerned? Well, unemployment is still well above pre-COVID levels, and the Fed chairman has said repeatedly that he is focused on getting back to full employment and that he won't be swayed by temporary rises in inflation. 
The Fed announced last August that it would tolerate higher inflation than the 2% target for a modest period of time, since inflation has been so low for the last 10 to 15 years. So is it time to panic? No, no, not yet. Um, I mean, higher inflation isn't necessarily a bad thing. When inflation runs high, workers are empowered to ask for bigger raises to keep up with the cost of living. Also, if you have debt like a mortgage or a car loan, you get a break because with inflation, you'll be paying your loan back with dollars that are worth less than they are now. But life becomes a little more complicated for savers and retirees living on a fixed income since inflation erodes the purchasing power of every dollar. Each dollar buys less than it used to. If you're planning on that dollar to pay for something like a home down payment, college education, or a year's expenses in retirement, you'll need more money in the future than you would now if there's inflation. Again, some inflation is considered a sign of a good economy. If you know prices will go up, you're more likely to buy something now before it gets more expensive, as opposed to say, stuffing your money in a mattress. There's also incentive to invest those dollars so they can grow and stay ahead of inflation. Now our fellow Americans that were able to work during the pandemic generally spent less uh, because they they really couldn't spend it on anything and saved. And now they have more money to spend. There's a pent up demand for more goods and more services. Prices of some things have already jumped up. My husband went to buy some plywood this week only to find out that it's now $75 a sheet, about double pre-pandemic prices. The higher costs of lumber and labor have driven up construction costs. And many of you may be seeing this reflected in higher insurance premiums for replacement cost coverage on your homeowner's policy this year, as an example. Uh, Gasoline prices are up, new and used vehicle prices are up. The big question on many people's minds is that while Americans are still getting back to work and the economy is getting back on track, How high will inflation go? Even economists can't agree on what the inflation rate will be in the next couple of years. And this is driving some fear of double digit inflation, especially for those of you that lived through the stagflation of the 1970s. So all right, how to deal with this specter of higher inflation. As I mentioned in episode 41, If you have a home mortgage, crunch the numbers to see if refinancing while interest rates are still low makes sense for you. And if inflation is rising, don't be in a hurry to pay back that low interest rate loan off faster than necessary. Remember, you'll be paying that loan back in the future with dollars that will be worth less because of inflation. Next, stay the course with your long-term investment goals. First and foremost, stay diversified. Now is not the time to bet the farm and go all in on gold or any other inflation-proof sure thing. I'm kind of air quoting that here now. I mean, gold and real estate do tend to hold up well to inflation, but they're not foolproof. 
Gold and other commodities have huge price swings. They're very volatile. Real estate tends to beat inflation over the long haul, but with record low mortgage rates, the real estate market is hot and prices are already high right now. It's a good time to remember the saying, it's not market timing, but time in the market that will bring you the highest reward. When your investments are diversified, for example, maybe with US and foreign stocks and bonds, perhaps some real estate and maybe even a gold or oil mutual fund. Uh, You can rebalance when one investment category does much better or worse. And this is a simple way of buying low and selling high. Remember though, you can only rebalance when you have more than one type of investment. If you're all in on only stocks or only bonds or only gold, for example, you're on that roller coaster track for the whole ride. Generally, wages tend to follow inflation up. So if inflation starts putting the pinch on, it may be a good time to ask for a raise or maybe even find another career that you enjoy and that pays well and will help you build a good financial future despite inflation. If you're a military retiree or CSRS federal employee, you will enjoy full cost of living adjustments or COLA each year, which help your pensions keep pace with inflation. First federal employees receive a smaller COLA nicknamed diet cola. Once inflation rises by 2%, your cola stays at 2%. Then when inflation goes above 3%, your cola will be 1% less than inflation. And this is inflation measured by the consumer price index. So if inflation is 5%, FERS employees would get a 4% cola. When inflation is high, the value of your pension will slowly decrease. It's also important to remind our FERS employees that you won't begin to receive any COLA on your retirement pay until you reach age 62. So if you retire at 57, for example, you'll go five years before your COLA starts. Any inflation in those years before 62 will permanently reduce your pension's buying power. More inflation, worse reduction. So if you're still enjoying your first career, higher inflation might be a good reason to stay in longer, maybe to age 62. Now, FERS employees who retire under the special provisions for law enforcement officers, firefighters, or air traffic controllers can retire younger and begin receiving their COLA immediately. Fortunately, Social Security payments are tied to general inflation and should maintain buying power better. Now, for anyone that might have those ever more rare private pensions or an annuity that they're living on, your pension is likely fixed. High inflation can significantly erode the purchasing power of your pension. And if that pension or annuity makes up a large part of your income in retirement, with higher inflation, you might need to find other sources of income or reduce your expenses. Well, to wrap up today's talk on inflation, remember, 
we may be starting a time of higher inflation. The Federal Reserve, or Fed, has a mandate to help the economy reach full employment and try to maintain a 2% inflation rate. It's a challenging balance act. The Fed chairman has said that they may tolerate interest rates above 2% while getting the economy back on track post-COVID and reaching full employment. But we don't know how high or for how long. This is not a time to panic or to go all in on some inflation-proof investment. Stick to your plan, stay diversified, rebalance your investments as things change. With high inflation, seek out a raise or possible career change. And crunch the numbers on mortgage refinance while interest rates are low. And don't rush to pay off a low interest rate loan early. If you're a regular FERS federal employee, remember you get only diet COLA pay increases when inflation rises above 2%. And no COLA at all as a retiree until you reach age 62. Social Security does increase with inflation, but most private pensions and annuities don't. So if you depend on those for your income, you may need to supplement your income or cut your expenses. If you have any questions or suggestions for a future podcast episode, please reach out and let me know. I love hearing from you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Like to find out more? Visit us at moneypilotadvisor.com. Let's team up and land your financial life.